Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Are you in fashion? fashion? Fashion. Did you see what she's wearing for Tom's shoes? I'm Sonia Sly. My heels are killing me. Um, but I was told I have a backstage pass. You will need to get the right pass to get behind me, Pam. Look, I'm I need sorry. to go. Code red, code red, code. We have a situation. I'm taking you inside the fashion industry to discuss trends, the reality behind the glamour, and the highs and lows of a fast-paced industry that never stops. At the bottom of Auckland's Anzac Ave, you'll find menswear label French 83, which shares a bright, airy space, unexpectedly, with a hair salon. Hi, yes, yes, nice to meet you too. So maybe I'll just... Walk past a man and woman getting their hair done and head towards the back of the room where you'll find neatly placed racks and folded garments set against a natural wooden background with soft, warm lighting. It's intimate. And it's here where I meet designer Nicole Wessling. She was snapped up to work for the label, fresh out of design school. So I've been with French 83 for just over two years now. Um, started in the start of 2015 after I graduated from Wycliffe in 2014. Was it unexpected to be picked um, up straight away? It was kind of unexpected. Like I'd known Vivian and Peter from French 83 through doing the Restyle Project, which is where Whitecliffe works with French 83 on a um, project during the year. It was an ongoing relationship, but sort of just fell into place, really. Wow, what yeah. is it about menswear? I mean, I saw the collection last year at New Zealand Fashion Week, and then just tailoring was just really modern yeah. and clean, just beautiful, but I guess they're kind of references to older styles of menswear yeah. traditions. I guess I don't have, like, a massive background in menswear, so I've come from a sort of outsider's perspective picking it up, so I think there's a lot of, um, in a way, maybe the women's wear influences in there as well but I try to keep it quite creative but also quite wearable as well. What are the challenges in designing menswear and the tailoring that's involved? Yeah, um, I actually quite like it. Men are really straightforward. They know what they want. Like They want something practical and something that is easy to wear, easy to style, so there's none of the like frills and stuff that goes on in women's wear. Are they fussier about the fit? They are. Yeah, so why are they so particular? I'm not. I, I think because they've got less to choose from. They don't do silhouettes. They do like just slim cut, regular cut. They don't sort of experiment as much as women do in terms of volume. So I think that's one thing that they're really particular about. But the things you can play with are like pockets, buttons, and plackets and things like that. So it's really small details that I get to play around with. And you do such a great job. Like, Can you yeah. talk me through, I mean, I don't know, like a, a jacket where it has quite, quite intricate yeah. tailoring or something? Um, one thing that is new to our collection is our James shirt, actually. And we've always had the problem of men not wanting to wear cufflinks or some men wanting to wear cufflinks. So we've created a cuff that has both. So it's got the button that you can use, and if you want to dress up a little bit, it's got an extra buttonhole in there to put the cufflink through. Good so thinking. it's <laughs> tiny details like that that guys are in, that guys are into. And I mean, yeah. you know, like I guess with kind of like even like formal wear and even kind of yeah. slightly more casual wear. I mean, like you know, guys are probably more likely to wear, use pocket squares and accessories and yeah. things now. Yeah, yeah. So. Not very many New Zealanders do. Right. Um, 
because we've we also sell in China as well and Hong Kong, so kind of have to balance the designs for both markets. Um, so they're quite different then. Yeah, well, I th- in Hong Kong, a lot of our clients are actually European, so um, yeah, just getting a gauge on what men want. It's always changing. Um, like every season, they want something different. So what do men want? <laughs> yeah, what do men want? <laughs> what do men? What do New Zealand? What do these? Because I mean, you know, primarily selling in Auckland. Yeah. But what do the, What do the guys here want? They definitely want easy care, something like for shirts, like something you can throw in the washing machine. Um, easy to iron, something that doesn't crease. So when they're travelling, they don't have to worry about like their suits getting creased and things like that. So they're looking for practical things really and things that can be easily styled so you can just throw it on and it goes together. I mean in terms of you know working with fabrics that are a little bit more wash and wear yeah. does it sound as exciting as say working with silks or yeah you know, yeah beautiful um, I guess men don't really wear silks too much mm-hmm. but our cottons for our shirting is like really high quality so it is not going to fall apart um, I think that's what you get a lot in the industry is yeah, things falling apart. So you've got to make sure it's high quality and like really nice fabrics so that they do wear well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually didn't expect to see like a brushed cotton yeah. sort of checkered yeah. pad shirt. We're, we're venturing out a little bit um, oh. from our like, work shirt, so it's more of a casual piece. Is there a bit of like country, yeah. the rural guy coming into like, the modern age here? I think so, yeah. We're kind of heading more towards like the guy who's a corporate guy but, that goes out on the weekends and has like another like social life he's not just working all the time mm. yeah. now talk me through you know like because I think what what I thought was quite clever about the collection that you guys showed was that you traverse different styles so I saw like a multitude of different types of guys some were sort of younger and hipper and you can almost you know imagine them with like a skateboard like with these kind of you know, really smart sort of bomber jackets yeah. and these be- beautiful lining inside as well. I mean, well, what, are, what are your influences? Well, I guess the idea is that French 83 is for, like, a multitude of guys. Each season I sort of focus on a fictional character and imagine what they're going to do. So one season was an architect um, and then another season was a New Zealander graphics designer. So we kind of want to um, reach out to as many, a, a wide range of gentlemen as we can so yeah for the runway we made sure there were lots of different um, models they all have had an individual look so we want to be able to style for each individual guy it's not you're not going to fit into a cookie cutter like we can we can help everyone. For that um, presentation did you work together like who who worked on the actual presentation of the show? That was me. Oh right the idea of the guys carrying a store. Yeah yeah that was um that was fun. So we worked with um, Nathan Goldsworthy of Goldsworthy Studios, and he pr- provided all the stools for us, which are really awesome, like super lightweight, easy to carry, and looked really sharp on the runway. So because yeah. basically they carried a different stall out, and then they'd like put them in a, in a line yeah. like down the runway, and then take and a seat, and down. then they'd all get hard one they'd by one. Carry them back off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was actually quite a lot of sort of maths involved behind like thinking which model is going to sit on which chair, which guy is going to go back. Does he have enough t- time to get changed and all this kind of thing? So, so what's, this is a workshop up here, is it? Yeah. Okay. Before my dad migrated to New Zealand, we were in the fashion industry, so it's kind of always been in the blood, I guess. And then, so when Vivian um, Cheng is the operations manager for French 83, founded by her brother Peter, a former banker who's now based in China. And my first question for Vivian, who has a background in marketing, is how do you kind of dream up an idea to start a menswear label? Because I always think it's the designer first who goes, I, I need to create my own 
label, you know? Yeah, I guess um, coming from like a commercial background, we saw there was a missing piece in the market. Things here are quite mainstream and also mass produced. It was kind of really missing this boutique sort of idea and so we felt like it's a really good business opportunity and then we have fashion sort of background so the two kind of come together. The brand kind of it reflects off um, Peter so young professional and that's our target audience. French 83 has been around for th- two years? The store's been around for two years but the um, whole brand has been around for five years. When you start off a fashion label is not just we want to start and that's it. We spent about like two or three years just researching, going into China and finding different factories and ideas and inspiration. The garments are not manufactured in New Zealand? No, they're not. Yeah, but um, our design and sampling are all based here because there's actually a lot of high technology over in China at the moment, so they actually produce very good quality um, garments. Do you think there are myths around producing clothing in China like do you think there's still the reputation that you're not going to get as good quality if you're producing there? Yeah definitely because China is such a big um, place there's obviously going to be good and there's going to be bad and I think when there's something bad happens the media and everyone kind of focuses on that but there's a lot of good quality factories and also designs in China because it's so big there must be good and bad right? And was it about the technology more than because it's not like you're kind of having to produce mass amounts mm-hmm. of, of garments. Yeah, it was finding the right people and also the right fabric factories, like finding where to get good quality fabrics and also the mu- right machinery. Obviously, with our stuff, we're quite boutique, so we need to find the people with the right skills to make it sometimes with like hand stitch rather than just machinery. So, yeah. How risky was it to sort of start a menswear label? I don't think there's enough menswear out there, to be honest. But, you know, some might say, well, you know, guys, they don't don't really need much. You know, the market's got what it needs already. Any business has a risk. People think there are so many limitations with menswear that it kind of gives us the opportunities to kind of work on the fit or the quality rather than just chasing trends. We can be a lot more creative. There are so many rules around menswear that we can break and then make something different. Especially now because guys are definitely more adventurous, aren't they? Yeah, um, I think especially with sort of more masculine like media stars like... Kanye West or um, LeBron James talking about fashion on social media. I think it's more socially acceptable that guys do care about trend and style. They care a lot, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think. Especially more these days, I think they're starting to really care about how they look and how um, they're getting perceived, especially in Beijing for us. Um, In China, the GDP is growing, so there's a lot more mid income earners and so they have that sort of spending power to care about how they look and um, what they buy and their lifestyle. Why the decision to market the product there as well? Um, Well Beijing is sort of like a powerhouse for for China where there's a lot of startup and it's very culture rich um, place as well as commercial. For us it was kind of a very obvious place we want to be in because fashion is very much about art and culture. So yeah, Beijing was a really good place for us to start without getting completely sort of commercialised straight away because it's such a big place. I mean, how have you found the market? How does that differ there to here? 
they're a lot more conscious on what they buy. They ask a lot of questions. Like what? Like, oh, what's the fabric made of? Or where does it come from? What's the, like, brand story? And they're quite conscious on following international trend. Whereas in New Zealand, I think the um, Kiwis here, they care more about, like, connecting to the brand and more about the vibe and service and just really getting to know the brand before buying um, the products. Interesting to think of New Zealand in an international context. I mean, Beijing is huge, Mm. and you definitely feel a sense of you can be whatever you want in a place Mm. like Beijing, and no one's going to look at you strangely for wearing a three-piece suit. Yeah, that's why it's um, so good to sort of step outside of New Zealand. Like, we love being in New Zealand, being a New Zealand brand, but just stepping outside on a much bigger um, sort of market, there's a lot more opportunities and a lot more different um, people we can sort of cater for. With the idea for the brand, was it about creating something that did have more of an international feel? Because it doesn't distinctly scream New Zealand. I think the brand is not just about fashion, so we want to be more like a lifestyle brand. So we're more about showing off the Kiwi goodness, so that includes like culture, art and even food. So like the collection we just did, Oliver White collection, it was very much based on a young professional New Zealander. I think New Zealand, they're very like black and drapey like we're kind of more clean cut it's not just about fashion it's more about the lifestyle that we want to promote overseas and is it working yeah it's working like um in our Beijing store it's such a good talking point because we've got Altizano brothers um in the cafe Beijing cafe store over there it's just a very good talking point just talking about the good quality of New Zealand we're very lucky because New Zealand does have that reputation of having good quality products and services how difficult is it to market a brand that's quite distinct that has its own signature in a in a market that is just generally fast and furious is it working on Instagram like what what's your approach just not to get wound up in all of that it's just really sticking true to the brand so we want to make sure the quality is still there and I'm sure over time people will start appreciating that and are you, do you actually love menswear? Yeah, I do. At first, I must say, women's wear was definitely more my thing because obviously I'm a girl. But um, slowly, ever since I started doing French 83, I think I noticed a lot more about menswear that I appreciate, like more about quality rather than just blindly chasing what's on trend right now. And just learning about fit is also so important. That was Vivian Cheng, and you also heard designer Nicole Wessling for menswear label French 83. You've been listening to My Heels Are Killing Me. I'm Sonia Sly. To find out more or to listen again, head to our podcast page on the rnz.co.nz website. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.